Good afternoon and welcome in once again, Jimmy B and TC on the air with you on a football Friday. Glad to have you aboard with us as we talk the world of sports with you. With you now for, oh, the next six and a half hours or so with a little respite in there, about a half hour making my way up to Ankeny for this evening. Trent Cotton with you today running solo on this edition Whole lot coming up, though, for you today. Wolfgang's going to be dropping by here in about 10 minutes. And then Cyclone Talk with Matt Nelson from Wide Right Natty Light. Then an hour or two, it's time to get into the picks. And we will start things off with Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. Lee will make his picks about what he sees coming up this sports weekend. He always gives us a five-pack of games and his choices for free. And his big plays this year have been outstanding. We will get with Lee Sterling to kick off the 5 o'clock hour after that. It'll be Dr. Stephen Fuller with another edition of the Hawkeye Swarm. We'll get Dr. Fuller's thoughts on what he saw in Kinnick Stadium over the weekend and a look forward to the final eight games of the regular season. That will come your way in the 5 o'clock hour. We'll wrap things up. Jimmy B will drop by and give his picks for the weeks. I will do the same, and uh, we'll look to get off the mat. It's been a rough go of it. Over the noon hour, I'm great. Been excellent. Myself and Ken Miller... Everything is going well. Ken, he's 12-7-1 against the spread. I'm over 500, making money at 11-9, 55%. That's over the 52.4% threshold you need to do to beat the VEG. I'm doing that, but here with me and Jimmy B. Woof. It's been ugly. We'll get off the mat. At least try this week. You know what my real hope is? Is that Jim and I don't see games similarly. If that happens, I'll be feeling good. If we're on the same side... That's going to be a bit of a problem. And we do things differently here. We pick the local games. We pick the big games of the week. So it's not picking and choosing, finding what you're like. Got a couple of picks, though, that I really do like this weekend on the sports calendar. Last night, Thursday Night Football. I mean, what a absolutely entertaining game. As long as you're not one of those people that just likes defense. Like, If you like offense, I don't know how you couldn't be entertained by what you saw last night. Up and down the field, Jared Goff. And this guy, think of how bad he looked as a quarterback two years ago during his rookie season. Now, you can certainly point to Jeff Fisher and the staff that he assembled compared to Sean McVay. Unbelievable. Weapons all over the field. Todd Gurley. From the Vikings' perspective, and I thought the Vikings would play well, and they did, certainly offensively. Kirk Cousins was out there making plays. You got Robinson catching a couple of touchdowns. Thielen was all over the place. I mean, the weapons that they have. Offensive line has to be better. Delvin Cook didn't have running room. And he's not 100% right now. I think you can tell that. But regardless, they need more certainly out of that offensive line. You couple it with defensively. I'm not hitting the panic button yet with this Vikings team. At 1-2-1 and Philadelphia on tap, it's going to be a slow start. But going forward, I think this squad just, they have too much talent. I believe in them. At the very least, they're going to be in the race by the time we get to the end of November into December. They're going to be playing for a playoff spot. Last night, not an anomaly. I mean, they had issues the last two weeks now with Buffalo and the Rams defensively. They'll get things ironed out. Mike Zimmer, I believe in Zimmer too. So Vikings fans, don't get too disturbed. You're going to be okay. Early time out here, we got Wolfgang talking Hawkeyes and Cyclones. We got Matt Nelson on the Iowa State side of things from Wide Right Natty Light. It's a busy hour, early time out, 
Back here with more in a moment. Jimmy B and TC continues on 1700. We are back as we welcome in our buddy Wolfgang as he joins us twice weekly here on 1700. Wolfgang, as we uh, get fired up and ready to roll into the sports weekend, uh, an odd one with Iowa being off this week. There's a bye week in there seemingly every year, but this one uh, has felt a little bit different with Iowa and what happened to them on Saturday night, the loss to the Badgers. We crap, recap that on Monday's program. Wolfgang, are you over the loss yet from a Hawkeye fan perspective? You know, it's interesting. Uh, you brought some things to the table with me, um, and I kind of shared it with you on the air, and then you kind of said, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So I understand maybe day one and day two, and I kind of get this. This isn't necessarily my true being, if you will. I don't, I don't like to go hardcore negative. Um, it makes me feel sad. It makes me feel like I'm marinating in ugliness um, and just wallowing in it. But I think there might be something to getting, getting it off. I mean, there's negative, and then there's really negative, Trent. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, you can say, well, this stunk, this stunk, this is what we should have done better, and then you could just call out people and say, you know, just make their lives a living hell. Um, so, I get, like, the first couple days I think actually would be fun to vent, um, and I don't know if that's what you do. What do you do? What is your sports radio guy thing versus your real guy thing, or are they both the same? Uh, they're... They're similar. Uh, I, I certainly try to look at things more measured than I do as a fan. Speaking frankly, Wolfgang, I'm still pissed off about this game as a fan. I mean, okay. th- it, it was su- such an opportunity. Uh, talking to my, my tailgate crew and the guys, and now oh, we're over it. I'm not. I'm, I'm not over it. I, I, this was such a huge game, such a big opportunity. You outplay them for three and a half quarters and just dumb, stupid plays and opportunities that are there and they can't overcome it. Looking at it from the fan perspective, no, I'm not over this. And I don't think I'll be over this seemingly all season long. I, I, I'm not joking. In fact, this will probably marinate until 2019. And unless Iowa can overcome Wisconsin and can get to the Big Ten championship game, it's still going to piss me off. It, it really is. It, it, this game, I think, should bother Hawkeye fans to the nth degree. This, this is not just any loss. This isn't just any game that doesn't go the Hawkeyes' way. Normally, eh, over it very quickly. As you get older, that also becomes a point. I think for most everybody, you do. But this one just it continues to bother me. And I've gone back now and I've watched this stupid game three times since I've got back from Vegas. I don't <laughs> really, know what, what I just Do you have any new opinions? I want to hear this. No, no, and it's the same thing. It, it's, it's Iowa screwed up. Iowa blew the football game. That's what it is. That's my only opinion. Uh, it's just I don't know why I keep doing it. And one night it was on Fox Sports North. The Twins weren't playing, so I watched it there. It was on, on uh, Fox Sports Wisconsin 669 one night. I watched it there. I don't know what my problem is. I, I, maybe I just want to – I don't know why. I keep watching the stupid thing, and I get more frustrated every time I watch it. Iowa was the better football team. Iowa should be the team on the, in the driver's seat to win the Big Ten West and get their chance against the winner of the Big Ten East. Alas, that's not the case, and now Iowa's completely out of the national consequence until, unless they win their next three games and go into Penn State at 6-1, and one, nobody nationally is going to be talking about uh, Iowa. Yeah, it ticks me off as a fan. So let me tell you why this falls totally into the Iowa program. I don't know that you've thought of this. This is the best way 
And the easiest way for Iowa to slip into the top ten and make their, is it fifth or sixth? Top ten finish. It would be number six under Kirk Ferentz. Number six under Kirk Ferentz since 2002, right? Yep. This is the easiest way, right? So I would say pretty much it's over for the national championship. Finishing in the top four. Not totally over. It's not really totally over. It's not, Trent. No, it's not. If they win out, including winning road games at Penn State and the Big Ten championship game, and they're 12-1, and they're more than likely in the college football playoff. But it's not just about Iowa either. It's also... Now, now you're saying that you know your stuff, Trent Condon, and I know that you know your stuff. So you're saying if they go the rest of the way, losing to Wisconsin... So Wisconsin would have to lose, say, lose what are you twice. saying? Iowa would go undefeated or just lose one? Let's say I, and you're, there are analytics out there, Trent, right now. When I came up with that and I kind of put that out there and you tried to poo-poo me really quick, Trent, and everybody tried to poo-poo me. And now there's all this stuff with analytics sites, numbers, not just a, you know, a fanboy like myself or a fanboy like whoever, saying that they put the numbers in and they are actually seeing that Iowa will end up with a better Big Ten record than Wisconsin, man. So this is not like reaching. So let me ask you this. Do you mind, Trent? Before the season, you told me if Iowa loses to Wisconsin, it's over. It's over. And that might just be a radio thing. That might be a... Nope, and I still believe it. Real quick, let me ask this question if you don't mind, please. Yep. I'm not saying you said it was totally 100% over, okay? Not it's over. That. It's over. But, but let me ask you this. Do you feel better about Iowa's chances in the Big Ten West than you did when you said before the season that it was over when I, if Iowa lost to Wisconsin? Do you feel better now? You have to, right? Because Iowa's better than Wisconsin. They are, but they have a loss to Wisconsin. But so I'm they asking, have to finish with a better That's record. My question. So my question, Trent, what's my question? You have to listen now, too. You, do, you accuse me of not listening. You do have to listen I, do I feel better about Iowa's chances in the Big Ten West now? No. No, no, no. Before you said, like, before the season, you thought they were going to probably lose. Now they No, lost. I picked them to win. I picked them to lose to Iowa State and beat Wisconsin. I picked them 9-3. I'm, and three. I'm having trouble phrasing my question. You know what I mean? Okay, all right. I just think that, in other words, I feel better about Iowa's chances before the season, I thought if Iowa lost to Wisconsin, oh boy, it's done. For the most part, I basically thought that, even though I was bugging you and poking you, right? But I feel a little bit better now because I don't think Wisconsin is as good, and I think Iowa's better. Did I phrase that right? Okay, so in order to do that, so do you think Iowa is winning their final eight games of the year? I don't. Let's go, um, Iowa can lose one. Okay, if Iowa loses one, that means that Wisconsin needs to lose Three games. And there are three games there, and there are more than three. Purdue ends up actually sucking it up now, Trent. Which so, they see. so you have the Badgers losing at Michigan, at Penn State, and at Purdue? I think Michigan is really good, Trent. And I said this, and if you go back and look at my yeah, tweets, yeah. at the time, and I was tweeting with Ace, going, are you serious? you understand how good Michigan They played their worst game. I said that on with you, Trent. They played horrible as horrible as you could actually play in a football game, and they only they had like there was fifty seconds left at the fifty yard line to score to tie it up. It was Trent. Michigan is good, and I said that this is not second guessing. This is first guessing what I said at the time. Everything that could go wrong with Michigan and Notre Dame 
did go wrong. It was at Notre Dame. It was interceptions dropped after interceptions dropped. It was a, a guy in the end zone for Michigan that had an interception. Nope. The Wisconsin or the uh, Notre Dame guy somehow reached over him and got the touchdown instead. I mean, there was all sorts of things like that. Go back. You think I'm joking? I put that out there that Michigan is the real deal, man. They're good. No, I agree with you. And I was, I was with you this summer when we talked. We both like Michigan coming into the year. You know, they're going to fly under the radar, and they're going to go into Northwestern this weekend. I think they're going to win handily. They're a two-touchdown favorite. They have Maryland at home after that. Wisconsin at home after that. Michigan State, that's on the road. But it comes down to the back half. After their bye week, they get Penn State at home. And Rutgers in Indiana before Ohio State. That's uh, one's wait, the road uh, you, just, you just roll out that schedule. It's, it's, it's making me want to puke. So you, just, you say Rutgers. Or excuse me, you say, uh, you say Maryland. Say Michigan schedule again. Instead of saying Maryland, say Texas. Why would I say that? Because Texas, Maryland beat Texas. They did. Yeah, they did, yes. So there, you, understand, you understand what I'm saying? The program, the history, the... the what everything goes into that. So when you say, oh, they play Maryland, oh, win. If you put Texas there, what is everybody saying? Oh, kind of question mark, right? Sure. No, fair point. No, it's a good point. And that's you and I who are sports fans that love this and know this. I don't pretend to know it as, as well as you or anybody. But I, I love it, and I like, like it, and hopefully come up with interesting takes and stuff and hopefully different opinions. But Maryland, Texas, just replace that name and everybody looks at that different. It's Texas is what twenty two now. Maryland's what? They both have the same record. One beat the other. It's just amazing. And I know you don't care about any of this rating stuff nope. and this ranking stuff. I do, but you just poo pooed everything that I just said. You, if that was Texas, if you said Maryland, uh, if you said uh, Michigan's playing Texas, you go ooh, not sure. But it was Maryland. You just. You breathe right past it, Trent. I did, because I think Michigan's a lot better, and they get them at home. Than Texas or, or Maryland or both? Both. Both. You wouldn't have breathed past that if it was Texas, and please admit that. It would have been a different conversation. I do agree with that. You you got me there. You got me there. So what are you saying? You don't like Michigan now? That schedule makes me, yeah, oh my gosh. No, I don't. Huh. Do you, do you like that when I like totally rearrange my thoughts and my uh, opinion after that? Playing both sides like, against the middle, and then you can come back and regardless say, hey, I was right. Oh, no, I don't like those people, actually. Oh. So let, me, let me come with a strong one. Do you mind? Okay. I don't need one this, I guess, this week. Um, yeah, no, I hate people that do that. So I don't want to be that guy. I really don't. So I like strong opinions. I guess what I'm saying is if there was a 16-team playoff, Dude, I'm telling you, look out for Michigan. That schedule that you just rattled off there, that's Trent, that's really difficult, man. That's really difficult. They're not they're not gonna finish in the final four. They're not. But that is they are a really good team right now, and they may be the best team by the end of the year. I'm telling you. It could be that. And that's why this needs to go to a sixteen gate playoff. We'll do that in the summer. But I'm I'm telling you, I'm not joking with Michigan. I think they're the real deal. And the fact that they only lost to Notre Dame by seven at the 45 or whatever that yard line was with 50 seconds left ready to tie it up with as bad as they played at Notre Dame, man, give me a break. And everybody's bashing the Big Ten. I know it's easy. It's easy. I even heard Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow, Trent. 
I'm not going to say he was trolling because he wasn't trolling. Tim Tebow doesn't troll. But he was, I mean, he's obviously on the SEC network, so that's what they do. I like it. I appreciate it. I enjoy it. I don't want somebody to be politically correct like you were just bashing me for. I don't want that. Give me opinions. Don't be fake. Tim Tebow wasn't fake. He wasn't trolling, but he gave opinions on the Big Ten. He thought it was overrated, just like everybody's doing. He's the SEC network. network. Um, So I don't know what to think of that. So you don't think the Big Ten's overrated? When people are saying that the Big Ten East was the best division and the Big Ten was the best conference in football, you still believe the Big Ten's the best conference in college football? Um, I don't know. We're four games in. Well, you have to have an opinion. I mean, it would be easy just to sit here and anytime a topic come up, say, why, I don't why are you know. guys so easily? Why are you guys so easy? It's, it's weird. All you, all you Big Ten Iowa Hawkeye fans are so easily to just say. And tuck your head between your butt cheeks and go, yeah, you're right, we suck. I don't get it, man. That's not who I'm going to be. After, after one week, oh, so this happened, this happened. You refuse to acknowledge that Maryland beat Texas. Okay. And Michigan State lost to Arizona State. And Michigan lost to Notre Dame. And uh, Iowa lost to Wisconsin, who lost so to BYU. And Northwestern lost to Duke and Akron. And Purdue lost to Northwestern, Eastern Michigan, and Missouri. It's not as good of a conference as we thought it was going to be. And that's okay. It doesn't mean no, it's, it's awful. it's not okay. You're ready to end the season. This is what you guys do. It's weird. I don't get it, man. What radio college did you go to? Because I, I, I didn't go there, so this is going to be fun because I didn't go to that radio college. It's not over after one or three or four weeks. Well, all you're it's doing is playing conference season. game. What happened, in the big, what happened in the bowl season? Tell me that. When Michigan basically... Are those seniors coming back this year? That has no bearing on what's happening this year. Yes, it does. Year. It does with the SEC community. You don't understand. That's what the SEC community does. They back each other forever, and they go to die on that. So they you think that... I, I, that my question's very simple. You think the Big Ten is better than the SEC this year in college football? I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Give well, me a second to watch more teams play. I don't think that's a stupid thing to say. I actually need to watch more. It's not stupid. But you're going to be watching I actually like, playing each other. You get on then. Jimmy B for this, Trent. You get on Jimmy B for this. I need to watch more to actually understand what I'm watching. Then I'll give you an opinion. I don't know yet. It's way too early. You Big Ten fans are way too easily giving up. Oh, we suck. We suck. No, you don't suck. There's shade. I mean, they're the smallest of smallest. Things that, that are going on with the different conferences. You act like there's these big gaps in the conferences. There aren't, Trent. That's what I hope to bring to you, man. You don't get that. None of you radio guys that have been in this forever, don't. you don't get this. It's not that big of gap, but you act like it is. Have I ever said there's a big gap? I just asked who's the best. I, all I asked is who's the best. And what the SEC has proven this year is that they're the best. And when they're beating up on each other, Big Ten, SEC, ACC, Pac-12, Big 12, it doesn't matter because you're beating up on each other. But what they have approved in the non-conference portion of the schedule, uh, the SEC is the best conference this year. That doesn't mean the Big Ten's bad. You don't have to take it as a personal slight. It's just the reality. The SEC is better this year. It's not always the case. I think it goes overboard, but this year the Big Ten has struggled. That's reality. All right, let's get into that next time because that's fun. Um, W and L's. That's obviously what it comes down to. 
But we can go a little bit deeper than that if you would, would you like in the in like the future. I think that would be good. All right, you want to talk a little Cyclones before we get out of here? Iowa State makes their way down to TCU and a huge opportunity for the Cyclones to kind of build upon what they did a week ago. Get win number one against Akron. They beat TCU, who came in ranked in the top five a year ago. TCU's reeling after consecutive losses to Ohio State and to Texas. Clones going to play well tomorrow? Yeah, I'm sitting here. Well, I think the only thing I said to you before we came on was, I'm actually, or maybe I didn't, but Iowa State, I'm actually worried about them now. I'm getting what the people, the negative people were saying. So maybe I got the negative out of me with the Hawkeyes. And I'm now I'm feeling like a sucker because I was always feeling like Iowa State, I was preaching to Iowa State fans going, really, Iowa State fans? This is not the Iowa State uh, that you grew up with. This is a different Iowa State. And I'm sitting here looking at the schedule, man, Trent, and it's scaring me a little bit. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to joke. It's, it's, I'm looking at this sucker. So Iowa State, I'm going to say we. How about that, Trent? You like that? I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm going to do that. I'm going to continually do that because I'm a sports fan, and I'm a fan of Iowa fans, Iowa teams. We're one and two right now, okay? We would be two and two, let's be honest, right? I mean... Well, they w- they'll get that, that win with Incarnate Word at the end of the year. Okay. So, can we just go two and two? Let's say we're two and two. Doesn't that sound so much better for Iowa State fans if you're listening? We're two and two. Doesn't that sound better? We beat Akron. Let's say we beat him by what? Ten? Eight? Nine? Whatever. Beat Akron by 10. Lost Iowa State, or lost Iowa. Iowa's a good team. We know that. I mean, they could have, should have. I'm talking as a Cyclone cyclone fan. I mean, they could have, should have beaten Wisconsin. I hate to say that as an Iowa State fan, but, I mean, I think Iowa's the better team. Oklahoma, wow, it was a pretty good game. Pretty good game. I mean, stud quarterback, unbelievable wide receivers, defense that might be better than people think, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so we're 2-2. and at TCU, let's just let's forget about you and I, Trent. Let's forget you and myself. Let's forget what we think, and we can do that another time, or we can do that now if we have enough time. Let's forget about that for a second. Let's go Vegas. You know Vegas, and I think that you get mad at me. I could be wrong when I go Vegas when I say Vegas because they're all not all the same, right? Right, right. So offshore and Vegas are two different things? things. What's the better thing to say, Trent? Uh, gambling. Wagering. Okay. okay, let's go wagering. Let's go wagering. Okay. Um, the bookies, the wagering people. So we're 2-2 two two right now. we got a pen. TCU. What's the wagering community going to have Iowa State? Uh, are they going to have Iowa State being TCU? That's a no. No, no, they're a 10.5 point underdog. Okay, that's 2-3. and Okie State. Uh, Iowa State's probably, I'd say, a shade under a touchdown. Probably six, six-point underdog, something like that. I'm going to go back and listen to this. So, actually, do this as close to you think it's going to happen. Will you yep. do that? Yep, yep. Is that fair? Yeah. So, you said, I'm sorry, you said TCU, you already know that. So, Okie State is going to be what, Trent? Six, six-and-a-half-point favorite Oklahoma State will be. Okay. So, we are now um, two and four. Mm-hmm. Okay. West Virginia, we're two and five now, man. What do you, what do you think that's going to be? West Virginia, probably that same range, right around a touchdown. Okay, this can be interesting. What you say here? Um, so we're we're two and five right now, Trent. Yep. You agree? This is we're not going what we think. We're going what the wagers. Okay, so uh, Texas Tech. 
Texas Tech. Number uh, 25 in the polls, Texas Tech. Yeah, and I, I know some power rating systems have them ranked even higher than that, probably in the top 20, uh, close to a pick as it's constituted right now, and it could be different, but if certainly if we're at the way that we're talking right now, too, Texas Tech's probably a point-and-a-half favorite. Okay. And this is not what you think. We can do this again next time we get on. Mm-hmm. This is what you're thinking the wagering is going to be. Yep. Just for everybody, it's going to be haters now. Okay? So Iowa State is 2-6 and six right now. Okay? With the wagering people, the crowd, the wagering crowd. Mm-hmm. KU, that's a win, right? Yeah. So we're now at 3-6, and six, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Of, you want to put it out there or no? Um, you think Iowa State, Kansas. You don't have to, man. I'm, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I'd say Iowa State by 10.5. Really? I thought it might be born down. Okay. Um, but you know, you know that stuff. Oklahoma State okay. is only favored by 17 this weekend against Kansas. So. Oh, yep. Okay. Give what you're saying. You get more. Uh, okay. Versus Baylor. So that's Baylor at home. Iowa State, Baylor at home. Um, so we're going to go win there, right? So we're going to go to four and six, right? You agree? Yep. yep. Okay, we're four and six. At Texas, not talking about who you think is going to win, wagering at Texas. Texas in that one probably favored six and a half, seven. Okay, we're going four and seven right now, and this is depressing me, man. Again, versus KSU, so um, KSU at Iowa State. Vegas, or um, not Vegas line, but basically wagering line. What do you think? Who's the favorite? Oh, Iowa State big. Uh, Kansas State has taken a big hit in the power numbers. Okay. Iowa State's probably favored by eight and a half, nine. Love it. Okay, we're going to go five and seven. Here we go, Trent. No, that's it. Oh, no, Trent. Well, I, I think what this is showing, though, is they have to find a way to get one of these next three. And it doesn't no, matter. No, I put a credit word at the end, and I already counted in right. the beginning. That's what scared me a little bit. I thought we had a six win coming. <laughs> No. <laughs> and, that, and that's the importance of this stretch of three games. At TCU, at Oklahoma State, West Virginia at home. They're going to be an underdog in all three of those games, but you got to pull an upset. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah, this is a little more uh, – and, again, what's cool is none of these are really – I mean, just because they're favored by the people that think they know stuff doesn't mean they know stuff, and that's who's going to win. That's what's cool about Iowa State – Football now. That hasn't been the thing in the past, Rand. So that's what I'm saying. That's cool. This is the year. It doesn't matter what they say. We've Iowa State has beaten Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Iowa. They've beaten plenty of programs now. It's no big deal. So we can sit here and say that. So they may be an underdog by whatever points. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. So I brought up, uh, as we were talking, and my numbers are probably going to be a little bit off that I gave you. Those were just off the top of my head. Do you want to – no, it's fine that you – do you want to put, like, some other numbers now that I put you on the spot? That was totally unfair. No, that's, that's fine. I don't, I don't care. But uh, I just want to throw this out for, for reference. This is where – this is a power rating that I use where these teams are ranked, <laughs> first of all. I've never seen a team ranked as highly as Alabama in this ranking system. Um, in fact, how do you get higher than first? Can you explain that? Well, to me? and it's a it's a particular number. Usually, a rating system, a, a power rating system, in college sports goes to a hundred, and that's usually the way that it is. Uh, my buddy Chris Andrews out at the South Point in Vegas, he told me that they he his numbers on Alabama 
are as high as he's ever had. He has to go back to the Charlie Ward teams of Florida State to have a team rated this highly in the system that he's been doing for 30 years. Uh, he said this Alabama team, if they play the USC teams with Matt Leiner and Reggie Bush, would be favored by over a touchdown. That's how impressive and how high his numbers are on this Alabama squad. Um, and, and it pops out no. here to me. But Am I, oh, Go ahead. Go ahead. That's a great opinion. I think that's ridiculous. I know. It just, it's his numbers. I mean, it's... So, I, oh, I'd love to know that. I don't think it's ridiculous. I, I take that back because I've watched Alabama and I go, would it be, I mean, could the Globetrotters beat him? That's basically <laughs> what I'm looking at. Going, it feels that way. you know the Globetrotters actually lost games? I didn't know that. It feels that way. It really does. So, I just want to bring this up, though, for reference. Alabama, obviously, number one. Um, what are some other ones? Oklahoma State still ranked highly in this rating system at nine. I was shocked by that. Duke. No, I'm sorry. Why are you shocked by that again? What? Because they're just blown off the field by Texas Tech. Okay. That's why. Uh, a couple other surprises, though, I'm sure to many people. Clemson is down at number 10. Duke oh, okay. is 14. But here on the local front, Notre Dame, who is undefeated and ranked in the top 10, is 23rd in this power number. Wow. Iowa is one spot behind Notre Dame at number 24. But how about this? Iowa State has the highest rating of anybody with a losing record. They're 26th in the country. Ahead of Wisconsin, by the way. My God. <laughs> Wait a second. Where's Wisconsin again? They're, they're 27th. They're one spot behind Iowa State. Oh my God! So this—no offense, I love your guy Andrews, but he doesn't take W's and L's into account, or how does that work? No, no. Th- this is strictly a way to base point spreads, numbers, things like that. This, yeah. The, obviously, the wins are weighted in there, but head-to-head is such a small component when you look at the overall body of things. Do you know how many questions I have for you right now? I can't even put them into words. It's just one of many ranking systems that I use. It was the first one I brought up. Just thought it was interesting, but we're out of time. You can chew on this all weekend long, okay? Uh, Trent, that's beyond interesting. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I'm going to relist to that. That was, yes, that's very interesting. Thank you. Have a good weekend. We'll talk on Monday. All right. Thanks, Trent. See you, buddy. That's Wolfgang checking in with us. Find him on Twitter at Wolfgang Hawkeye. We're due for a break. Went long with Wolfgang. Always a fun conversation. We're talking Cyclones more in depth on Iowa State next. We'll talk with Matt Nelson from Wide Right Natty Light. He joins us. I'm Jimmy B and TC. Welcome back. Jimmy B and TC continues on till 6 o'clock tonight. High school football takes the airwaves then starting at 6.30 as we'll bring you Southeast Spoke making their way to Ankeny and taking on the Centennial Jaguars. Right now, we're talking Cyclones as we welcome in our old friend Matt Nelson, wide right Natty Light. Matt, it's, uh, it's been a while. How are things? It has been a while, Trent, but I'm, uh, I'm happy to be back and uh, th- things are good. Harvest is progressing, albeit slowly, thanks to Mother Nature, but no, uh, things are good, and I feel a little bit better now that Iowa State managed to uh, climb into the win column here last weekend. You, uh, We were talking a little bit before we came on air, this TCU matchup. I, I'll tell you, Matt, I don't have a great feeling for Iowa State, and I still have concerns about that offensive line. I really anticipated that they would take a bigger step forward, but just this year in general, with obviously the, the thunder out, the lightning out in game number one, this has had an incredibly odd vibe this football season. 
It, it has. You're right, and and, and of course, uh, that's the way a, a season would go. One you know, one where Iowa State has a lot of promise and, and expectations. Not, nothing can ever come easy, can it? <laughs> right. Yeah. It seems that way. I mean, it's it's Iowa State football, and it appeared to be all there. This team is turning the ball over more than what we saw a year ago, putting on the ground something they didn't do a season ago outside of the fumble that wasn't a fumble in the bowl game against uh, against Memphis. Just, I, I, I'm struggling. You got the injury at the at the quarterback position. I think it's pretty simple, though. I mean, you, you look at this stretch coming up here, difficult. At TCU, at Oklahoma State, and West Virginia, they have to find a way to win one of these three games, in my opinion. Yeah, I actually think they've got to find a way to win uh, two out of these three. I know that's being a little ambitious, but mm-hmm. you're right. You talk about the start of the season. You know, Iowa State should be two and two, and, and yes, they'll add you know a game that they absolutely should win on the on the end of their season. But that kind of pushes your preparation back a little bit. So the game against Iowa, obviously, neither team played well, but especially Iowa State, they didn't have a chance to prepare and really had nothing to fall back on. And then you go and try to play a team like Oklahoma in your second game of the year after playing a Big Ten team like Iowa where you completely have to change the, the style that you play. And I think that just made that game a tall order, a t- much taller than it would have been if that was their, their third game of the year. So, um, yeah, the, some uncharacteristic things from, from this football team right now. Uh, two fumbles last week, you know, both young players uh, turning the ball over. But those are normally things that, that Iowa State doesn't do. And, and normally Iowa State doesn't um, – you know, shoot themselves in the foot with penalties and, and have missed execution in the red zone. So both of those things uh, are, are things that I've seen thus far this season, and, and you would really hope that Matt Campbell corrects uh, as we move into the middle part of the season. want to talk quarterback with you and uh, start with the new starter now in Zeb Nolan. We got to see Nolan a year ago, came in after an injury to Kemp and then started the following game. I'm a big fan of Zeb Nolan. I, I like the big arm that he has. Offenses look good. He's put up nice numbers, completes a high percentage, can make all the throws, it seems like, but doesn't have that that dual threat ability of the other guys. You know, Real Mitchell certainly has the speed component to his game. And the other true freshman uh, behind him, Brock Purdy, saw him for a couple of plays on Saturday. That was it. But Zeb Nolan, uh, it, it feels like maybe there isn't the same kind of confidence that, that I have with Nolan maybe inside those football offices. Yeah, you know, I, I agree, and I've kind of heard through various channels, whether this is legit or not, that they may be looking to play uh, a bit more of a running quarterback here as the season progresses, especially without uh, you know, without Kyle Kemp. So some of that could be just getting a backup some experience in case, heaven forbid, Zeb Nolan does go down with injury. But uh, I think you're right. They may be looking at some different looks. But let's talk about Nolan for a second. I think he's... He has performed very well, and, and he performed well last season in his limited action. So we know he can play. We know he has a really strong arm. One thing I, I like about him is he's not afraid to sit in the pocket and deliver the ball downfield. Um, not that Kyle Kemp doesn't do that, but he's more of a get-the-ball-out-in-under-two-seconds type quarterback, whereas Zeb's not afraid to sit there and maybe push it into a tighter window or, or, or kind of make a, a bit more risky throw. And so far, that's really paid off for him. And I think that's also a testament to our a guy like Hakeem Butler, when you have him or a tight end like Chase Allen um, early in the season, you saw him make throws on third and fourth downs to those receivers. So um, I really like what he's done. And, and again, Zeb would have been the guy this year had Kyle Kemp not been given an extra year. So 
uh, just kind of interesting to see uh, his progression. And, and when I look at last week, I think that was Matt Campbell asking Zeb Nolan to manage a game, which he really hasn't had to do uh, yet this season. So uh, I still feel like you're right, Trent. They are kind of feeling him out and, and trying to figure out what he can and can't do. You know, when Kemp is back, I I don't know if the job is his. I like Zeb Nolan more. Am I alone in that sentiment? No, I don't think you are. And if Zeb plays well this weekend, and um, and I don't think Kemp is a for sure player at, against West Virginia as well. If he performs well against these, you know, these good teams, do you really want to make a switch back to someone who hasn't played since the first game? When once you get to the winnable portion of your of your schedule, so uh, I think it really does depend on how things go from here on out. And, and you know, worst case scenario, Kyle Kemp was given an extra year. Uh, he really, again, shouldn't have been a factor this season. Uh, it's not the end of the world to have a six-year senior be your backup uh, in case Zeb Nolan does go down. You know you have someone capable of uh, of going out there and leading the offense and really just not making mistakes. So, um, no, I, I agree with you. And if you think about the offense, and you know they're averaging right around 19 points per game, which is kind of shocking. I think most people's expectations were closer to 30 like it was last year. But, um, again, things haven't been very explosive with Zeb Nolan, so I, I, I'm not sure that you would uh, expect them to be more explosive if you swap him back out with Kyle Kemp. And maybe that's the thought process behind a guy like getting the freshman Brock Purdy in there. Certainly a thought on that one. Over on the defensive side of the ball, uh, defensively going to be TCU, a lot of speed on the edges and certainly speed at the quarterback position with Sean Robinson. He can get out of the pocket. Feels like certainly keeping that front healthy, keeping those guys upright and probably rotating some more guys in, seeing more people along the defensive line and containing on the outside. Going to be important in this matchup tomorrow night against TCU. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Iowa State let Nelson uh, last week for Akron uh, escape a few times, but in general I, I think they played pretty well. So what this comes down to, is, as you mentioned, is, is defensive end discipline, keeping, keeping your lanes and um, you know not for the outside rushers, not collapsing inside quickly and, and letting him easily escape uh, towards the sidelines. And I also think they'll probably have to spy him a little bit, and maybe they'll use uh, a different host of guys to do that, whether it's uh, Mike Rose or Ryan Vance. Both guys played quite a bit this past uh, this past weekend. So I fully expect them to, to watch him. You know, Robinson was actually the leading rusher here this last weekend when they lost to Texas. Um, I think that's really going to be a, a key part of their strat- strategy is, is to contain him. Talking right now with Matt Nelson, wide right natty light, as we take a look at Iowa State. Well, Matt, it's TCU tomorrow, football, and we talked about the importance of the stretch coming up for Iowa State, but some basketball news. I know you're a big hoops guy. Want to get your thoughts on uh, the newest point guard commitment they picked up, kid from down in South Carolina as Prome taps into his southern roots, bringing in Trey Jackson, who commits for the 2019 class. Yeah, uh, nice point guard commit. Um, we don't really know much about him at the moment, actually. I don't believe he's really been evaluated by um, some of the major services. So um, kind of interesting to, to note that there. You wouldn't, you wouldn't think that uh, a guy in the, this day and age can kind of go under the radar, but uh, that's, really, uh, that's really where he's at. So uh, really not a whole lot of spots in this class. I believe they only had three uh, that were open. Mm-hmm. So this was the last spot that they really needed to fill for now. They may have another one if uh, Lindell Wigington decides to declare. Um, so really what they were looking for is someone who can, who can handle the ball, who, who can distribute, 
Uh, he's got decent size, again, kind of in that what seems to be Iowa State's mold of, of, of shorter point guards. But um, I know a lot of fans were kind of wondering, you know, wasn't uh, maybe as high of a profile commit as you would expect. But uh, I think uh, we've all kind of learned to trust Steve Prohm when it comes to uh, when it comes to point guard. And he was a kid that had some offers from a lot of regional schools, um, Division Two, and some, some smaller D1 programs. So um, I think Iowa State's not taking a flyer, but hoping that uh, they got in on this kid before he blew up nationally. Yeah, it uh, should be a good one there. And you have to, I think, really trust the evaluation process of what Prohm certainly finds in point guards. He's done a really nice job of that uh, throughout the years. With that, kind of going forward and late, taking a look at Iowa State coming up on the basketball hardwood. Matt, when we talked back in the spring and the summer when the roster was set, you know, I'm surprised that they didn't show up on more preseason top 25s. They're not even in everybody's uh, NCAA tournament projections, which I, I just think is really off. I, I think it would take a lot be it injury or chemistry-wise, for this team to at least not be an NCAA tournament team. Yeah, I, I do agree completely. When you when you look at the roster, you're returning uh, the Big 12's leading scorer in, in Lindell Wigington, who uh, sounds like he has grown a lot over the offseason, taking advantage of some evaluations with NBA scouts and in some of the camps that he went to and uh, has really improved his game. And, and so with that, you're, you're bringing back Nick Weiser-Babb, who while he was injured last year, um, we know can handle the ball. We know can can distribute and um, is a good all around player for the Cyclones. And then um, obviously Cameron uh, Lard is back on campus. Uh, sounds like he's been practicing well and has made strides, uh, which again was was kind of Steve Prohm's goal this summer. Um, and then uh, Solomon Young, of course, the, the garbage man down low. But I'm really excited about the additions. You know, you had Mario Shayok, who was a, a very good player at Virginia, an elite defender, uh, who's had a year to work on his game. Uh, as well as uh, Michael Jacobson, who was really coming into his own at, at Nebraska before transferring and sitting out at, um, when he got to Iowa State. So I agree with you, Trent. I was kind of surprised not to see them closer to the top 25, but I think um, it's kind of easy for that to happen when you when you dip down a year. You maybe don't always get the, the recognition you should as, as you climb back up. But I think Iowa State's got a loaded roster, um, including you know you had some freshmen in there like Taylor Horton Tucker, who could be the most talented kid on the team. Uh, I'm really excited about Iowa State this next year. I, I think they're absolutely a tournament team. Should be a lot of fun there, and we get uh, Hilton Magic coming up the day before the West Virginia game, Friday, October 12th, and we'll get to see the team for the first time out there going through uh, the old uh, Midnight Madness, now changed a little bit with the college basketball calendar. You going to make your way up to Ames for that one, Matt? Yeah, you know, I think we might. We might. My wife and I always enjoy getting into uh, Hilton Coliseum when we've got the chance, so. Um, be anxious to see uh, some of the some of the freshmen, and uh, mm-hmm. that was kind of a nice event that they put on. One final thing for you, Matt. You are like myself, a Minnesota Twins fan, as we watch the end of the regular season here, a doubleheader against the White Sox. Paul Molitor is he going to survive, or are we going to be looking at a new manager for the Twinkies in 2019? Uh, I, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me about this, but <laughs> I uh, I suspect you may be right. Um, this season could not have gone um, more, you know, not according to plan. Yeah. I, just kind of shocking when you look at the investments they made in the offseason and, and bringing in good starting pitchers and, and building up their bullpen. And um, I, I think you're right. I think uh, Molitor doesn't survive the offseason. And I also think there are some, some more changes down the line in their management, which Thad Levine has already made some. The Twins, uh, two superstars, Miguel Sano and, and Byron Buxton, should not be struggling like this. It's it's kind of mind-boggling that they can't get consistent production out of those two guys. So 
I think you're right. I think something has to change. We will see on that one in offseason. they got a lot of room, and we'll see Joe Maurer if he's going to be back. Certainly a lot on the table there. With that, we are out of time. Matt, good talking with you again. Yeah, thanks, Trent, and uh, you have a great weekend. Go Cyclones. Matt Nelson, wide right, Natty Light, joining us as we talk Iowa State football and basketball. Hour in the book, still one more to go. Coming up in the second hour, Lee Sterling will be by from Paramount Sports. He'll make his weekly five-pack of picks Trying to make you a little bit of money. We will also be talking with Dr. Stephen Fuller from Fuller Family Dentistry. A look at the Hawkeye Swarm coming your way in the middle of the hour. And we'll cap it off. Jimmy B is going to drop in and make our picks for the week. As we try to get right, we need some help. We got five games this week. TCU against Iowa State, Ohio State, Penn State, Notre Dame, Stanford, and a couple in the pros. The Bears hosting the Bucks and the Packers hosting the Bills. Our picks coming up late in the 5 o'clock hour. We take the break. Back with more in a moment. It's Jimmy B and TC on 1700.